listening to the Dad's Gone Wild podcast. Uh, yeah. like the like the just the quintessential like sports song yeah just get you pumped up right uh and and for whatever reason if they don't really they don't even say anything but it still gets you kind of yeah you know gets you kind of amped up a little bit it it does it does didn't (laughs) didn't they uh didn't the office play this song one time like in an episode and and, (laughs) (laughs) that's a good question i don't know (laughs) Michael was trying to get everybody pumped up, and I have, to, I have to go back and look into that. But yeah, no, I, I don't know, but yeah, um, <laughs> you, you hear it at sports games all the time, so I thought it was it was uh, appropriate for the show. It's so absolutely applicable for this, uh, yeah, for what we're doing here. Yeah, so welcome back, episode <laughs> ten of the Dad's Gone Wild podcast. I'm your host Ryan Alderson, along with Andy Fountain. Andy, welcome back. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? Good. Good. Thank you. Um, awesome. So kicking it. We're kicking it old school a little bit yeah. today. It's just you just know, the two of us, right? It, yeah. No. I, I almost I almost uh, put that song on too. Oh. Will Smith, <laughs> Marvin Gaye cover. Is that right? Yeah. But I I was like. Uh, we was uh, we only did like one or two shows where it's just the two of us, and then we had started having guests on. So, you yeah, know. it's a lot of fun. But figure we'll yeah. uh, switch it up a little bit and go back. Uh, OG, OG, right. OGW. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sounds, sure. Sounds like something weird. Um, <laughs> um. Anyways, but yeah, it's uh, good to be back. I'm trying to think what uh, what we got going on here. Oh, oh, this week earlier um, we talked about hockey last week, but uh, this week we uh, we've gotten we had wings jackets. Yeah, um, which was great. Uh, crazy to to to. You're still you're still a wings fan at at heart correct you you, oh, you haven't jumped ship right oh hell yeah i love the wings but <laughs> i mean i love i like the jackets too i mean i've lived down here yeah. for you know six years or whatever and um you know they're a good team it's it's easy it's a little bit easier to root for the jackets when they're not playing the red wings eight times uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? Gosh. yeah isn't that crazy i mean i yeah. get it like they got to do what they got to do to make the season happen but yeah it's a little for sure little different than what we're used to for sure so um with that i had a really cool hockey story i i was i for, i wanted to have it last week to for dosky um because <coughs> i figured he'd yeah. like it but um this were is you gonna story- tell the, were you gonna tell the story but then i fell asleep is that was that was gonna happen yeah i was yeah i was gonna ask you did you get like a did you take a nap today or get a pot of coffee I, on 
I actually, I, I, this is no joke. I fell asleep for about an hour, not, not an hour, about half hour. Um, we were put, getting ready to put the kids to bed and I don't know. And I was laying in bed with my son and I, I, I snoozed for maybe 30 minutes. So I should be good tonight. There shouldn't oh, be yeah. any interruptions. Should be able to hang with you the whole time. Good. You know, your, your conversation was so exhilarating. I, uh, you know, it just put me to sleep last week. So yeah, a lot of interesting yeah. topics. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this is a story from a guy named Jamie McGinn. Um, he, his brother actually currently plays for Carolina. Um, okay. But this story is when he, this guy, Jamie McGinn, first came to the league, probably mid-2000s. He goes, my first NHL shift, I told my line, line mate at the time, I just got called up. We're playing Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Penguins, and my line mate was Jody Shelley at the time. I was playing fourth line. He was like, you nervous, kid? And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty nervous. I wouldn't mind having a quick shift. He's like, okay. So we lined up for the draw. And he dropped the gloves with someone right away. So my first NHL shift was one second long. So he came back and was like, is that short enough for you? <laughs> Get the <laughs> nerves out. Yeah. That's that's hilarious. That's a great teammate there, man. <laughs> <laughs> I got your back, man. Don't worry about this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Wings Jackets. I don't know if you – so speaking of, you were in the, the local Detroit market. Did you get to oh. watch any of those games? <laughs> Don't even get me started. This, man. <laughs> Don't even get me started. I mean, like, I know I, we talk, we, I think we, te- we, we text, we text about this. Right. But I mean, just how disappointed it is that I, I, you know, I made the switch from cable, got into the streaming service. You know, I got, got a uh, Hulu live T- Hulu live TV, which I, I had, I've had, have no complaints about, um, but now they they obviously don't have the regional sports, and I, I can't watch. I'm, I'm not able to watch the wings, so I'm I'm flirting with going back to you know just straight up cable, just so I can watch these games. But even and then I think I told you this, like you know I, they they played they played a game that was uh, on on Martin Luther King Day. Um, wings jackets was national. We, at noon. Yeah, and that was that was Monday. It was at noon. And I was like, all right, well, you know, at least I'll be able to watch this. Go to flip it on. Oh, no, it's blocked. It's blacked out. Local broadcast only. I'm like, that. are you are you kidding me? I'm like, we can't go to the games. I'm like, there's no – that's not an option. So don't tell me that it's blacked out because of attendance or something like that. It's just no. – uh, it was just frustrating, right? I mean, I, I haven't watched uh, – I haven't watched any, you know, anything so far uh, Wings related other than maybe a, a highlight or two. Um so they're. So, they're I guess I guess sure. I guess I gotta sort that out though, because I I'm not gonna be able to go the whole season and not watch them. Yeah, especially <clears throat> with how much how much better they're playing. Um, but they play Chicago Sunday afternoon, and that's yeah. that's a national game, and I believe that would be considered out of market since it's in Chicago. So I think <sighs> if you have NBC Sports or NBCSN, you should be able to get that because I just. Shockingly enough, I didn't think I was going to get the Blue Jackets national game, national coverage tonight. Um, but mm. it was it wasn't blacked out in Columbus for whatever reason. Um, really? Yeah. So it was on okay. NBC Sports today, or it just got over. But yeah, the Jackets were on here in Columbus on the national broadcast. So I don't know. Weird. Um, huh. But yeah, that's been a that's been a debacle to try and figure out. And 
you know if, if you're if you're out of market and you're you know you, you want to root for you know you don't want to have to mess around with getting cable or whatever you could always just do the nhl package but if you're local and yeah. your team plays local like you're screwed because you, you know the yeah. rsns have those rights and it's just unless they have a deal with the you know with the streaming service or whatever you're screwed so which which I think we talked about. The only one that they they have a deal with is is AT and T, right? Right, and that's probably and, because they have like cable too, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I, I, I'm not. I, I obviously I don't know the the reason why uh why it's just that one service, but I'm sure that that's probably there's something about that with the contract with cable that allows them to do that. Right. Right. <clears throat> So at at this point, so I like I told you, I switched to AT and T TV, and I'm just waiting for this this rebranded Bally's Sports app or whatever to yeah. to open up, and then it'll basically be like an a la carte service. Um, yeah. they're they're trying to get gambling at your fingertips now when you're watching the games. Oh boy! So so yeah, yeah. we'll talk about. Don't you think that. that the don't you think that's like kind of like a somewhat irresponsible right i mean it's no secret that there's people that have gambling addictions and now you're like putting it at their fingertips to gamble online i don't know just seems a little i mean they're not they're not putting a gun to the person's head and saying you better no. buy that you know you better bet that prop <laughs> or you better no i i know i know it's just like it's like wow you know they really are uh getting aggressive with uh no i hear you with feeding into people's, uh, you well, know, it's, people's vices. It's becoming legal in more and more states right. now, you know? Right. Yep. It's not like, oh, well, I can only go to Vegas to do this stuff or, you're right. still, you know, you got to call your bookie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sure the bookies are probably pissed too. It's like, shit, you're, you're stealing my, you're, you're, you're treading on my turf. Yeah. But I, you know what? I bet like the, the serious gamblers in Vegas, they're not doing shit like that, right? It's it's to try and expand their market to people like us who are sitting on the couch and are like, oh hey, hey man, I've been I'll... using the. Tr- I've, I'm not sitting on the couch. I've been go- I've been using the treadmill. So let's so, so ease up. Okay, okay. all right. I, so I, you're, I... you're on the treadmill. <laughs> walk. You're on the treadmill watching the Lions game. Yeah, I actually, I, I no joke. I I was doing that for a, for like a few minutes. But it's been a it's been a week or two. I need to start doing it again. But honestly, it wasn't that bad. Like it wasn't as bad as I thought it was gonna be. I'm like, I'm gonna fucking hate this. I'm gonna be, you know, I'm, all I'm gonna be thinking about is I don't want to do. And it wasn't as bad. I watched some of like Michigan State basketball. I watched, I did watch a little football, and it wasn't it wasn't all that bad. In, in, in all honesty, but I digress. You're right. They're market. They're trying to market the guys on the couch. Yeah, they're just trying to get more people to to get involved engaged yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly they're trying to get people engaged so they can take your money that's what they're trying to do <laughs> yeah, yes 100% they're like you're already watching right? this so why don't you just click a button and you know make a bet 10 bucks make a bet and make it more interesting for yourself and you'll probably lose your money and we'll take it and everybody you'll will have, be happy and you'll have fun because you got to root for the yeah. game you're going to yeah. get a little thrill out of it exactly exactly so um, <clears throat> so yeah um, anyways, back to back to this to, to hockey and this yeah, yeah. This, wing, this wings jackets series kind of 
um, was interesting because the end of the first game, Zach Waritsky and Dylan Larkin got in a fight. <laughs> yeah, and they're like boys, right? Oh, they're like God. they're yeah. good friends. See, if you had been watching any of the broadcasts, you'd already know. Like the they've um, they've mentioned that about fifty times. Um, yeah, well, Jack, we already covered that. I don't. I, I'm not able to watch it, so thanks for rubbing it in. Appreciate that. Yeah, well, I'm, you saved yourself because you didn't have to listen to them talk about Warensky and Larkin being childhood friends, and you know, teammates at University of Michigan, and they're still really good friends. And they, oh my God, they got in a fight. Can you believe that? And this is like, they like laughing about it while they were fighting each other. Oh, they oh like- yeah, for sure. And like you know, before before the game. Um, Larkin's Larkin gave Warensky's parents his, his tickets. Um, because oh, that's the, cool. The road teams can't have tickets. Visiting teams can't have tickets just because of limited um, yeah. space. But yeah, and I'm just like, dude, there. And then like the so they they got in the fight on I think it was Monday, and then the next game Tuesday night or whatever, they're showing clips of it and they're showing pictures of them in their dorm together. And I'm just like, I can't, I can't remember who I texted. Maybe it was Jeff. And I was like, "This is this better not this better not turn into like Stafford Kershaw." Like, "Oh, hey, did you know that oh. Stafford and Kershaw played baseball together in high school?" And it's just like, "Jesus, mother of God!" I'm like, "These guys got to play six more times this year." Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, how, how many, many times you... are they gonna fight? Are yeah. they gonna fight tonight? Are they well, gonna fight many... tonight? It's like, just let's watch the game. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> if you didn't know already, is Joe Larkin and Zach Renske are childhood friends. Oh my god! I wonder what the uh, over under is on that. Them them saying that, probably bet on that. Yeah, we could bet on it. Just let me know when yeah. you get your cable TV package delivered. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Uh, oh man. So, anyways, yeah. Um, so there's some series stats. Um, these are from a gym. Uh, Jackets Insider. His name his name's Jeff Svoboda. He writes for he covers Columbus for NHL.com. And he said that the Columbus Detroit matchup is wild and how much it has turned over the years. The Jackets won just seven of their first 34 games in the Joe. RIP over their first wow. 11, 11 seasons. Seven games, seven wins in 34 games. Ooh. At Joe Lewis. They're 10 1 and 1 since since then in Detroit. Wow. And he said the overall series is that way as well. Columbus got off to an 18 41 one in 10 start against the wings through March of 2011. The jackets are 21, four and two since then against Detroit. Whoa. 18. Now, obviously they've played more. Um, they played more when Columbus first joined the league cause they were in the same division. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 18, 41, 1 and 10 over basically 10, 11 years. That is just mm. wow. Mm. Mm. You know, it's uh-huh. just, that's just kind of like the, the, how po- they're, the, they're at polar opposites, you know, during the 2010, you know, 2000s to 2010 ish timeframe. You know, mm-hmm. Detroit was still, winning Stanley cups and really good. Columbus is a new franchise just trying to find their footing. Right. Um, and then, you know, then they, you know, obviously they, they switched division, you know, the, the conferences got sh- shook up, the right. divisions got shook up and th- now they only play each other two or three times a year. So um, there aren't as many games, but 
Um, Columbus has become a better team, you know, since then. And Detroit has been in full rebuild for the last like three or four years, right? Was it 2017? Sixteen, yeah. Two thousand sixteen. Sixteen was last year they made it. Yeah, is it is that right? Is it sixteen? I'd have to go back and check that. But yeah, it's been well, it's been three years, and we're this is I think this is year four, seventeen, yeah. eighteen, nineteen. Well, maybe no, this is year, year five. Year bro. five. God, golly. Uh, well, I mean, look, you got to go it's... through this shit so you can get better. But the last. You know, can whatever. I'm just glad we're we're looking like we're we're starting the upswing, or we're in the we're in the we're in the bottom of the curve. Now we got to go up. So, yeah, Sweet. for sure. But yeah. that's those, those that is an incredible uh, stat, and uh, well, hopefully we can start to, like I said, go back the other way. Yeah, I mean, there's just it's just kind of a, a wait and see approach right now. We're just letting. Iserman, the Iser plan, uh, kick in. Um, but Columbus, I can't turn on NHL network radio without them talking about this fucking Pierre Luc Dubois situation. <laughs> so, I mean, they've talked to, um, I mean, they talked to Brian Lawton, who used to be the GM for the lightning. They had him on and he was talking about it and he was like, you know, these are just kind of the situations that, you know, you know, this is the business side. And unfortunately, it, this is sometimes it rears its ugly head. You know, mm-hmm. and this is a situation where um, the player isn't happy. And, you know, obviously, you know, the organization wants to do what's best for the team. Um, so, you know, at this point, the GM, Yarmo Kekalainen, is going to have to figure out he's going to have to navigate that, right? Um, yeah. So it's interesting because there's been so many reports that have come out about this um, and some insider information that's come out from people that work for, that have like worked for TSN or worked for this uh, subscription service called the athletic. So there were a number of teams, including the Montreal Canadians that made very serious pitches for Pierre-Luc Dubois before the season. And he's from the Montreal area and apparently he's made it, he, apparently that's like kind of his like top spot where he'd want to land. Um, so it's pretty interesting that, um, that they already received pitches before the season and what is happening now is, you know, Kekalainen, the GM, he doesn't have to trade him right now. Um, and then who said this? And Oh yeah, this is a uh, ports line. And he appears in no hurry to do so. Most expect Dubois to be in Columbus all season unless the Blue Jackets drift out of postseason contention and Kekalainen gets an offer he can't refuse. So either way, um, this is uh, another this uh, another writer goes on to say, Dubois is seen as a top 15 center in the league by scouts. And it's going to be a big return for the Blue, Jack- Blue Jackets that probably won't, that probably waits until the draft. And he doesn't think that he's, he doesn't think that Kicklinen's pursuing a trade right now. So either way, it looks like they're, they're content on kind of seeing how the season plays out. And, yeah. you know, if at the trade deadline, it looks like they're not going to get in um, and they can see who's, you know, who's offering, you know, package, you know, what they're going to offer. But, it sounds like the best deal they're going to get is if they wait this thing out, kind of like what Joe Sackett did with Colorado when Matt Duchesne wanted out of there. 
he waited um and i think before the draft he made a deal and he got prospects yeah he got pr- prospects and picks yeah. yeah he was able to cash in on it right yeah so but they're going to they're going to they're going to like just put him on ice for like the whole season until dude, then so i, I mean, just i just looked like, at the i just looked at the box score it, it, hold on let me just let me finish this one quick thing yeah. about um the goalies so the other thing, okay. the other, the other, th- the other tr- trade news for Columbus is that the threat of a goalie trade has been percolating in Columbus for a while now. But it's hard to imagine both Corpus Allo and Elvis Merzlikens being back with the team next season. And one of them likely would have been moved last offseason if not for the glut of free agent goaltenders. Yeah. So this mm. leads into kind of this overarching theme of. Um, these kind of these organizational changes that are coming for for Columbus, it's pretty it's pretty crazy because like basically Columbus, you know, they made they they've shown that they can be a consistent playoff team. They ended up beating Tampa Bay a few years ago. They took Boston to get six games, and it's just like they're trying to get to that next level, and they just they can't seem to, to get there. And then now with a guy like Dubois wanting to leave, it's just like all right, well that's not that doesn't help. Yeah. Um, so basically here's where it starts with what's that? Well, I mean like in like let's reset this. So is it is it Tortorella? Is it the is it the GM? Is it both? Is it the I mean what what's his rub? Okay. What's the what's the reason what's going on there? So this is this is the story. There's a keen understanding within the Blue Jackets that there could be massive changes coming after the season. Not just among some of the franchise's bedrock figures, but at very important positions on the ice. Hmm. We know that a lot of things can change over time, but it feels like it's coming to the end of the road for the Blue Jackets as we know them. It's coming. It doesn't mean that they're not a good team on the other side, but there are changes coming, and the guys in, the, in that room know it. And so this is when he goes to talk about Tortorella. He says, Tortorella, yeah. Tortorella has lasted longer in Columbus than many expected but there were whispers that he might step down after the Blue Jackets were bounced from the playoffs by the Tampa Bay Lightning last September. Also, the sense is that Nick Foligno, who's the captain, may take a bit of a hometown discount to stay with the Blue Jackets, but like any player, he won't, he won't accept an offer that's deemed too far below market value, and there would definitely be a market for Foligno. Mm. So this is the thing with... and. Once again, this thing with Dubois came up on the radio and a former player, Stanley Cup champion, Chris Versteeg, was talking about Tortorella. And he's like, everywhere he's kind of been recently, there's always been the star player that he's rubbed him the wrong way or they've rubbed each other the wrong way. And the only the only way to make things better was to ship that person out. So like when he was yeah. in New York, it was Marion Gabrick. And then when he first came to Columbus, I think it was Ryan Johansson. And like now it's Dubois. And... Mm-hmm. You know, he came out and do, and Tortorella had a press conference and he was like, I don't know, maybe you know, maybe he doesn't like that I'm pushing him or something like that. And it's just like, dude, you just totally, you know, you just ma- you just made it known that he's probably not, he doesn't want to be here because he doesn't want to play for you, right? And that's a th- and that's a thing. And that that story from Portsline, the guy that covers the Jackets for the Athletic, was like, you know, you know, he's been here for he's been in Columbus for like five years. His contract is up after this season. An extension isn't in place. Yeah. You know, he's on the wall. 
right? Like, and I think you, you know, you had mentioned it. Like, he just he t- he tends to, you know, kind of hot. Yeah, he, he, you know, he can kind of. After a while, it can be kind of a grind, and these maybe these players are just like, God, all right, we need to. Sounds like, uh, sounds like our buddy. Sounds like Babcock. I was just gonna say Mike Babcock. Yeah, I mean, and like same same story here in Detroit, and he but he lasted for a long time, even though obviously we only got one cup um, with him. Back to back, back to back Stanley Cup final appearances. You know, went to the fi- conference final a number of times, right? Right, right. I mean, listen, he, he performed, but it was just, you know, you, you hear the stories after the fact, and you're like, geez, you know, well, maybe maybe we could have been better. <laughs> maybe we could have won more more than just one. We could have won that second one and maybe another, but he's just so goddamn demanding. Right, and it go, it's just it's a testament so, to some of the star players, how loyal they were to that organization. Yeah. To be like, yeah, I mean, like, Zeman and, pa- and Pavel. I mean, 100%, my God, hundred like, percent. Nick I mean, Mitchell. There was a point where Pavel Datsuk was arguably the best player in the league, and it, he was world, just getting his world. ass. Yeah, yeah, the world. You're right, and it's like, wait a minute, like, I'm playing for this guy who's just gonna, who's like, seemingly never satisfied, and I, I gotta believe that you know, you've you've heard the stories about Tortorella. I mean, the guy's, you know, he's. He's demanding and he's demanding and he's a hothead. Yeah. Which like, you know, you, you kind of probably, you could probably surmise that, that Babcock was that way, but he didn't do it publicly. Like he wasn't, he wasn't like out in public, you know, like calling people out like Tortorella does. You Tortorella is like, he wears it on his sleeve. It's like, I'm not hiding this. Like, yeah. this is how I feel. And I don't care that you know it. And right. And a lot of players, a lot of players like to play for a guy like that because it's like, hey, Torts is a straight shooter. He's going to tell you what he, you know, what's going on, and then you and until you it's know. you, until it's you that you're right. you're the, until you're the target, and you're like, wait a minute, no, I don't like this. Well, <laughs> and it's, well some guys don't respond to it, right? Right, and it, or when someone does that to you, and then they're relentless about it. Yeah. Well, and going back to Babcock, I I told you there was this article that came out about him, and I think mm-hmm. some of it, I think some uh, some stuff he talked about what happened with Franzen, because isn't didn't he just like fucking just like break him, just like emotionally, mental, just like well, he just fucking like he just destroyed this guy's confidence, and you know he just was never satisfied with him, and Franzen couldn't take you know eventually it wore on him. I'm not saying he couldn't take it, but eventually he was just like, "Enough's enough." Like I, you know, he. Well, plus he had that he had some pretty serious health issues, right? I mean, he had concussions that were right, and then like, the the stress and anxiety that Babcock was causing him was just yeah, it was that's not ex- good. It was exacerbating the situation. And what else? Did I get? Oh, and then remember Mike Commodore. Oh yeah, he fucking hates Babcock. Oh, he, I mean, he, you read passion. stories like that with a passion. When you read, when you read that that kind of stuff's going on, like same thing, and not to jump over to Lions or football, but like same thing, like we just went through with Patricia. For sure. Like you start to hear these grumblings, and it's like, hey, uh, you know, this is now starting to be, reflect on the organization as a whole that you're supporting this guy, and you know that this stuff is going on. Like, right? Something's not right here. And, and why aren't you doing anything about it? And so, 
you know, I, yeah, the, the problem, the thing, again, the going back to with Babcock though, it wasn't necessarily very, it wasn't necessarily very public. It, it all this, this stuff kind of came out after the fact you kind of, you, you, maybe, maybe the, you heard grumblings, but you didn't hear it. Like it was after he was gone. It was like, okay, now here's all the stories. It's like, yeah, wait a minute. Whoa. It, well, Andy, they were winning. No, I, I, I no, I get it. They were absolutely they're they're winning, and so like, hey, this guy's getting you know bearing results. I'm not going to stop him. Right. But then you hear after the fact that like like yeah. you just said about Franzen, he destroyed this guy's confidence. It's like, dude, we put we picked him over Marion Hosa. You like, paid him. A, you paid we, him a hundred million dollars. You paid him a fuck load of money, and then and and, and what happened? Oh, our our coach fucking like be you know beat him down. Uh, and we basically got no return. Yeah, he's still on your fucking long-term IR. It's just like that. That to me is like, all right, that's on the organization. I'm sorry. Yeah, you need to. That's step on in the organization. Like, that's on ownership. Yeah, you need to step in and, and protect your assets. You know. Yeah, hey, absolutely. You know, this guy we've invested a lot of money in him. You know, I understand that you have a particular philosophy, but knock the fuck off. Right, exactly. Like, uh, I think you need to adjust your approach. Go pick on somebody else. it's not working else. with this guy. Yeah, go pick on somebody else. Or Find a different target. Go beat not on a, that guy. Go beat on a pillow at your house. Jesus. Whatever. Whatever yeah. you got to do. But, you know, it, that, that's, that's actually kind of an interesting, you know, interesting uh, talking point. Maybe something we could talk about again in the future is like the whole, these different philosophies of managers and, and how how you know both you can you can point to examples where different styles have worked in with different sets of people. It's just that when you have you know when you have Torts, you have Babcock, you have a Patricia, or you know other other folks that um, you know they're set in their way and they won't they're not willing to change or they're yeah. not willing to adapt. Yeah. Listen to this. Listen to this. You know. Yeah. Listen to this. Okay. Tampa Bay and Columbus played tonight national. Overtime game, Columbus loses three to two, and now they've they've only won one game in their first five. This is a playoff team from last year. A lot of people thought that they'd get back, and this situation with fucking Dubois, <clears throat> Tortorella, he just drew a line in the sand tonight. Listen to this, Dubois, who is considered to be top fifteen at his position in the league. He's he's top line center for Columbus. His his t- his total time on ice tonight three minutes and fifty five seconds. Oh my god! He fucking benched him for the last two periods of the game, <laughs> and you lost the game by a goal in overtime. Yeah, well, that's like that's when it's like, uh, hey man, I, I get it. You're trying to prove a point here, but like you just said, knock it off. Like, <laughs> it's, it's not uh, it's not gonna work. And is and this, we're not we're not going to deal with that. Is this Tortorella sticking it to management by saying, "Cool, you don't want to have a contract in place for me. You don't want me around. Well, guess what? I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck with your your asset right now because yeah. Teams, well, then that that's all it's going to do is put, force them to let Tortorella go. Right. And, that's and, all and, he's trying to do. And maybe that's what he wants. Yeah. Maybe that's what he. Well, he's like, hey, you know what? I'm 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 sending you all the signals that I don't want to be here if you're not going to believe in me. So just get me out of here. Let me go. Yeah. It's like, that could be happening. 
Yeah, it's you know, it's it's a my way or the highway. I'm the one that has you know, you know, if if that's if that's the case, if he doesn't want to be there, then he has all the leverage, and he's sitting here. The team's trying to, you know, other teams are watching him to see him his performance. The team's trying to see what, you know, what kind of market value he's going to have, and he plays less than four minutes against the top team. Yeah. How, how would you even like? How would you market him? I mean, if Kekalainen's not down in Tortorella's office right now, like, what the fuck are you doing? What happened? Yeah. <laughs> right? You, you owe me an explanation yeah, at a but, minimum of, like, why that, that this happened tonight. Like, oh. just shoot me straight. I, I don't know. And, look, look, I, I you know, you, Tortorella's been, gosh, I mean, how many different organizations within the league? I mean, he's played, he's, he's managed. Tampa like, Bay, Vancouver, t- New York, Columbus. Yeah, I mean, he's been around. I mean, he's and it's it's been the same story in every pretty much every situation, right? But it's he's had, the same. he's had winning he's had winning teams. I mean, obviously Tampa Bay won the cup when he was there. Um yeah. I'm pretty sure New York went they were a perennial playoff team when he was their coach. Um it yeah. never really worked out in Vancouver and then he got fired and then that's kind of what led him to to Columbus and you know maybe it is time maybe it is time for the Blue Jackets to say you know what you've helped helped take us through this stage where now we are no longer like a league doormat yeah and, right you know we're, we have we have com- we're competitive we've got the fan base engaged we're making the playoffs we have good players we have good players in the pipeline now it's time you no know, now there's kind of a culture established now we can bring in somebody else that's gonna take us to the next level take yeah just like the lions did with uh with schwartz right yeah yeah thanks a lot man we're all set we'll bring in caldwell and then we'll let him go whatever i I, i'm sorry i shouldn't shouldn't have gone there but same very similar situation i just hope that the if the columbus blue jackets decide to move on that they don't make that kind of a you know they don't they don't do the same thing right well, um, I would actually, I actually have a lot more faith in um, Columbus's management, Yarmo Kekalainen in particular, that to do the right thing. This guy is a sharp dude. He selected Dubois at three when everybody thought he was crazy. Um, he made the he made the trade to get Seth Jones, so he's made some good moves, and um, he hasn't put the team in a or the organization in a a position of just you know, handing out bad contracts or anything like that, just to get, you know, butts and seats or what have you. So I would, I would trust him to, to, to make uh, the right move here. But um, I mean, Twitter, oh God. Um, Oliver Bjorkstrand's a forward for the Blue Jackets. He was asked after the game, if he thought Dubois was being a good teammate. And he said, I won't comment on that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Torts, torts post game on Dubois. I'm not going to have a discussion with you guys. Holy fuck! Oh, it's falling apart. Yeah, it's falling apart. Something's going on. Something's going to happen. He's probably going to. He's probably going to be gone. Right. I mean. Yeah, torts or Dubois. Torts. Yeah. I mean, because they, they need to get they need to get some capital for. They need to get some capital for Dubois if they're going to let him go. Like you just, you know, like you were talking about 
waiting for waiting for the deadline. But you gotta you gotta play the dude. He's gotta get minutes. People gotta see him. It's like, well, yeah, yeah. why the why would I why would I you know, I, I get it. Like he you know, he's got a he's got a resume from last year and and years prior, right? But like, what's he doing right now? Well, right now yeah. he's only playing five game five minutes a game. I mean, I, well, I don't that, I don't know. Like No, that's there, well, that's the thing. He he was a point per point per game guy in the qualifying round against Toronto and Tampa Bay in that playoff series. So they played 10 games. He had 10 points, but you know, before that he, he had, you know, I think he had 60 points when he was playing on a line with Panarin and Atkinson. Um, but he was never, he's never been a point per game guy. I mean, he's still pretty young. Um, so like, he doesn't have he doesn't have that kind of that track record, right? That you're kind of talking about, like, well, he right. you've got the playoffs last year and this and you know the regular season to look at. You know, he's still kind of a developing player, um, and you're you know as another team looking at him, you're you're taking him on the upside that he's going to be a dominant, you know, top line center who's going to, you know, two way player. He's everything you fucking want. I mean, he's huge, right? Yeah, physical. Like he's a. I mean. Um, Ryan Whitney on spit and chiclets after during the Toronto series last year, he was just like Dubois is a fucking weapon. Yeah. He should, he can dominate. He can dominate possession. You, you can't push him off the puck. He's, he's a talent. I mean, he's a, he's a premium talent. And you know, when he's sitting on the fucking bench against a premier team on national television and he's playing four, you know, he's playing four minutes. You just got to be like, dude, what are we doing? Right. Right. Yep. Absolutely. So absolutely. And hopefully, I mean, look, they'll, they'll, they'll like you, like you said, the management has had management has a track record of getting it right. So there's no reason yeah. to think that they won't, but you know, at some point it's like, all right, like let's do something here, whatever it's going to be. Let's, let's make a move and, and just move on. Yeah. Because I mean, at this point, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe there's, there is a chance you salvage the relationship. I, I don't know if that, is possible. It's very, probably very low if Torts is gone and they bring somebody in that Dubois likes, but I mean, they have to look at the future right now because they've got Wierenski and Jones who I would probably argue are they're outside of Dubois are their two most important players and they're both free agents after next season. Jones mm-hmm. is Seth Jones is an unrestricted free agent and um, Zach Wierenski is a restricted free agent, but that means somebody could sign him to an offer sheet, what have you. Um, so like they've got, you know, they've got other pieces that they need to consider, you know, other guys that they need to consider too, because, um, if you don't, if you, if there is any stability in a couple of years or after next season and Wart Jones and Wierenski are getting, they're going to have plenty of suitors, especially Jones, if he's unrestricted and he can sign with anybody, but you would think that Columbus would try and lock him up before that even happens. Yeah. Right. But, yeah. I don't know. I say, yeah. Well, it'd be interesting, especially at these post-game comments. Like, what happens in the next twenty-four hours, if any? You know, if anything, because it sounds like it sounds like people are making those kind of comments comments publicly. There's something brewing, and so something something's going to happen. Well, and these writer these writers aren't asking these questions because they're fishing for something. Like they know something's up. Right, and they want right. to fucking and they want to write about it because they know people are interested. I mean, it's well, it's it's drama, right? People, yeah. like oh, you know, it's like yeah, all right, it's it's our version, you know, it's the 
it's the it's just another it's just another form of entertainment within the sport, right? Storyline, yeah, kind of thing. It's the it's the yeah outside of the outside the lines type stuff, right? Sure, sure. Um, but yeah, so definitely something to keep uh, an eye on, uh, especially with a shortened season, right? Right. So yeah. Well, we'll, uh, we'll have, I guess we'll just have to wait and see how that plays out. Hopefully they, hopefully something happens and, uh, you know, you guys can get back to concentrating on making the playoffs. It'd be nice. If, if it, I mean, it really would be. And like you and I talked about before, it's always like this. It's always awesome when you get like get new new teams in the mix and it's not just the same old, oh, it's the Penguins again or whatever. Like last yeah. year was last year was awesome, right? You got Tampa Bay who's been – uh, you know, knock, on, knocking on the, the rise, door. Knocking, knocking, yeah, yeah, on the rise, and then and then you had Dallas show up, and you're like, oh, this is awesome! Like, this is another team that's you know that's got got some promise here, and they and they just you know they I don't know they kind of like accelerated past where I thought they would get to last year, and it was great. I was like, this is this is exactly what I want to see. I want to see two teams that you know that are that are you know it's not the same old you know. Uh, penguins and you know what have you yeah penguins capitals yeah um the the west is the west has been pretty um you know i guess san jose has been there consistently for a few years but yeah it was like the kings or then it was the blackhawks or um coming out of the the west blackhawks (laughs) they're i mean like i don't care what conference they're in i still don't like them same thing with you know, I know that the the avalanche thing is kind of you know it's been it's been a long time, but still, I don't I don't really like them either. I'll, I never will. Yeah, I'm kind of an indifferent on on that just because it's uh, it's different players and it's not well, like it's, a re- still, it's not like absolutely a re- it's not like a regional rivalry like Chicago Detroit. That's kind of you know yeah, it's a- definitely more regional. Yeah, yeah, and um, there I mean it's two regional six teams. You know, it's it's 100%. different. Yeah, there's history there for sure. And yeah. but the Blackhawks, man, I mean, they are hurting. <laughs> yeah, well that's, are, that's too bad. That's too bad. Rough shape. Um, oh man. I so feel bad for him. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yep, it's um, okay. They can they can take a they can take they can take some time off. I'm good with that. Yeah. But yeah, it's cool to see teams like uh I mean, even Vegas, they're newer, but yeah. I mean, shit, they've made the fucking playoffs like every year they've been around. I, I know, isn't that isn't that hilarious? I mean, Crazy. it's it's great. Yep, them. Um, you know, I I always have a soft spot for like all the Canadian teams. I, except for maybe Toronto, um, especially I don't know. I the Western team, Western Canadian teams like Winnipeg and Vancouver and Calgary. I I kind of I kind of always pull for those teams. I'm watching um, two. I'm watching two Canadian teams play right now. Montreal and Vancouver. Yeah. Two good teams. Two yeah, good teams. It's, it's, yeah, it's uh it's a good game. It's a good game. I have two uh, four goals in the first period. That's yeah. uh it's that's pretty awesome. Want. That's what you want. Yep. That's what you want. Yeah, it's uh <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's cool to see these divisions like this right now. It's it's different. Um you know, obviously it's great for the league because they get McDavid against you know Matthews and Marner and Tavares, right? Eight, eight times, whereas you know usually it's only you know maybe they'll get them once in Toronto and you know it's three three games, right? Right. 
Um, well, I don't even know because it's the East West. They're in different conferences that they may only play like twice. I don't know. Is it three times? Fuck. I don't know. I don't know. I don't make, I don't make the schedule. Yeah. I'm not a a scheduling aficionado, so I I couldn't, I couldn't answer that one. Sorry. Good. Good stuff. (coughs) Um, Dubois declined to talk post game. Great. Um, anyways, so awesome. Speaking of organizational changes, yeah, our beloved Detroit Lions. They got and, sorry, sorry. They got a clip of Tortorella at the at the press oh. presser right now. On, oh. on I, I didn't hear, I, and I got the volume down. I didn't hear what he said. But what do you, anyway, what do, you do? Just you just tap the table. We're done here, guys, and just walk out. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, Go on, continue. No, right. This is this very is... exciting news uh, with uh, with our beloved Detroit Lions. Yeah, it's uh it's uh interesting to see the the new hires that the Lions have made. Um Brad Holmes last week it was Brad Holmes who was introduced and they signed him to a five year deal, and then today was uh, Dan Campbell announced as the Detroit Lions head coach. Six-year deal. Um, he also is known as the dude or the big Lebowski because <laughs> not only does he look like He Jeff does. Bridges, he looks he like Jeff Bridges does. and he sounds just like him. <laughs> yeah, the way he talks, his cadence when he talks, it sounds, sounds a lot like uh, a lot like the dude. Yeah, but I thought that was uh, pretty funny when somebody mentioned that. I was like, yeah, he does have like the. I was like, there's something familiar about this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, the dude abides. Um, he uh, had his press conference today. I'm not going to lie. I was I was kind of like, holy shit, this guy is. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to say this is a Spielman hire because like. You know, Spielman just seems like a guy who's going to come in there and be like, we need football people in here. We need a football guy. And Dan Campbell just kind of, he just kind of feels like he epitomizes that. And, you know, he's never been a coordinator or anything like that. And it's, I like this press conference because he came in and he was like, you know, besides a couple of pieces on offense, nothing defensively fire, nothing defensively fires me up. Like he knows yeah. that this team sucks. He isn't hiding it. Um, well, that's the right play, right? I mean, think about it. You know, if, if you're coming in there, yeah, you're not you coming in to, being like, yeah. Listen, if if you're coming in there, similar, it's very similar, in my opinion, to what you got out of Eiserman, right? When he came in, it's like, look, I'm not, I'm not guaranteeing you anything. This is going to take time. And if it, and, and think about it on their, on their side, you come in and you say, you know, we got some parts and pieces here and you know, I think, you know, I, th- I think we're going to be able to be competitive. Well, now you've set yourself up. Like if you don't do it now, they can come back and, and hold you accountable to, you said that we had parts and pieces. How come we're not, how come we're not, how come we're not having success? But if you set the bar a little bit lower, which is really where it should be, right. To be like, look, we, <laughs> This is going to take time. We have we we we're gonna we need to go through a rebuild, and you know we got in order to make it right. We got to go through this process, right? And you know, Holmes wouldn't say rebuild in his con- press conference. He said retool, whatever. 
Um, I'm taking that. I'm taking that from sitting in my seat as a fan as okay, this is a rebuild. <coughs> That's why these guys had five, six year deals. Cause they came in and they're like, look, this roster's in fucking shambles. Yep. Um, it's going to take three years just to turn it over and hopefully get some, some talented pieces <coughs> in place. And then, you know, another year or two to, to kind of get things on track to where we're hopefully competing for Super Bowls. Right. I mean, that's the fucking goal. Like, I don't want, like, you know, this isn't like, okay, you know, hopefully in like five years we'll be competitive and, you know, we'll make the yeah. playoffs. Maybe we'll make the playoffs. Like, no, that's not the goal. It can't be the goal. And if, it, if that's your mindset, then you, you're the wrong, you're the wrong guy. Right. Exactly. So, you know, they, <clears throat> You can you can tell right off the gate, right up front, Campbell. This guy is being brought in to establish a culture of and a brand of football that the players can buy into and the fans can buy into, so that you can say, you know what? Yes, we stink. We're going to we're going to suck, but you know you're not going to have a good time when you come to Ford Field, or you're not going to have a good time when you played it. You know the Lions. It's going to be tough. Now we'll see if that if that happens. We'll see who he hires for his coordinator. See, if, I th- I think they're the cornerbacks coach from New Orleans is coming in to be the DC, and some other names I've heard come in for OC are Chargers um, old co- the head coach from the Chargers. What's his name? Anthony Lynn. Um, but you know, obviously we'll have to wait and see. I'm watching this this interview with this post game with Torts. Yeah, I'm just not going to talk to you about that with you guys. Sorry. Yep. Yep. What's uh What's Carter saying? He's just saying. Oh, nah, just it, was, it was quick. It was just like him saying. He's like, I'm not going to talk to you about this, and like, oh, is this distracting? He's like, it's not you know, it's not a big deal for me. I I know what I got to do. Jesus. <laughs> like, like to, all right, you obviously have a problem here. Uh, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, so <laughs> figure it out <laughs> this quickly. This guy, this guy on oh, this is gonna fucking drag out. Um, this guy that covers Columbus for this website called the Hockey Writers. There was a question asked about. Um, Oh, okay. Here's what he, he says. Torts did say, quote unquote, told you when question was asked about, we'd know someone was benched. Jesus. Hmm. Oh my God. This is. Uh, All right. Sorry. Yeah. We keep b- jumping back to this, but. That's fucking riveting like, stuff. I get it. Breaking, <laughs> breaking news. <laughs> it's li- it's as happening we, as we speak. It's just happening live. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I thought. Campbell's press conference was refreshing. You know, he was kind of a, you yeah. know, he said, he's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not here to feed you any bullshit, which you know what? I think the people of Detroit can appreciate that. And a lot of people can relate to that and be like, yeah, we've had a bunch of fucking BS thrown in our faces over the years by coaches that think they know more than anybody else. And you know, it's right. just, nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear the coach speak and shit. Um, so we'll, Obviously, you know, we'll see. We'll see how things go. It does seem like a very Lions thing to do to go from Patricia, who was just a total fucking hard ass and players hated him, to a guy that I I don't want to say he's going to be like a 
like Jim Caldwell where the players, you know, is kind of like a country club or whatever. But I think yeah. a lot of people have said that Campbell's kind of a player's coach, maybe. I don't know if that's true. But you know, I, of- I, I you know, I've I've heard that whole thing about Caldwell being the you know, the players coach. But then I just I was just Googling a little bit earlier on something else and it came up there was an article and I, I again I should have clicked on it and saved it. But it was something to the effect of there, that uh, Caldwell held had more rules than Patricia did. Right, but the players respected him more. I read that. Did you do your okay. do your, do your job? Read this stuff. Oh, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I was scrolling through it on my phone and saw it, and then I fell asleep. No, I. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah, I saw it, and then I passed out. Yeah. No, I, 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 one of That's us read awesome. it, but yeah, he he yeah, it was Darius Slay that said that. He said okay. Caldwell, had, Caldwell had more rules than Patricia did, um, but there was a respect for Caldwell. You know, he 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 and he Slay used a specific example about when they practice. Coach Caldwell liked he wanted the players to have their shirts tucked in, and he said. Yeah. If that if a shirt became untucked and the player didn't tuck it back in, he would respectfully say, "Can you please tuck your shirt in?" And they would they would say, and they would you know obviously, you know, yeah, you know, do it. Right. But he but I mean like there's just a way that you treat people, right? Sure, um, it's how you message it, right? Yeah. So I mean, he's a professional. It's not what you say. It's not what you say. It's how you say it. Sometimes. Yeah. So he's being a professional, and he's. You know, he's respecting his players, and in return, they're going to respect him and listen to him. So, um, but everybody, yeah, everything I've heard of, I've seen on Twitter, everybody talk about Dan Campbell. How, I mean, they've had quotes of players saying, you know, this is a guy that you'd run a, run through a wall for. Um, and there was well, a, I hope, a, I hope they're right. I, and, and that's like, that's great. I just, you know, I think I, my reaction initially was similar to yours, but I also, you know, <laughs> We've been through so much. I'm just like, you know what? At this point, I don't want to hear anybody talk. I just want you to go out and do it. Like, let's yeah. just let's. I, I can. I appreciate you're new. You're coming in. You want to set the tone. That's great. But you also have to realize what we have all been through, and we've heard your shtick before. Like, right. So just go out and show me, and then then I'll, think- then, I'll then I'll then I'll buy then I'll buy in a hundred percent. But I, you know, I haven't seen anything yet. And yeah. And I think, I think one, one, one thing that you can point to that's different and that you could say, all right, this is a silver lining that this is going to be different than years prior. Um, is that Spielman was involved and you, you know, they finally have somebody who kind of has a, a knack for, you know, as opposed to, you know, Sheila and Rod Wood who, you know, I don't know if really any of us know what they do, um, right. but it looks like the way this is going to be structured, Brad, um, Brad Campbell, Dan Campbell is not going to be reporting to Brad Holmes. Um, he will be reporting directly to Rod Wood. So they have, they kind of have this almost like a, a ma- an organizational matrix, and they said it's very much like what the LA Rams have established in their front okay. office, where they have a vice president of football administration. So he's kind of handling more of the day to day transactions, probably looking at you know who's on waivers, 
um, mm. co- contracts, cap management, those kind of things. Brad Brad Holmes is going to be strictly, you know, he's going to be devoted to scouting and player development and college um, college scouting um, to to mm. act, you know, more into you know roster building, right? Okay, um, and infusing the the organization with talent. And then Campbell obviously is going to be in charge of, you know, the locker room. And sure. they, and that's in that in that situation, all three of those guys report up to Rod Wood. I, you know, I don't know what that means or what you know, whatever. I don't. I don't really. I don't care about that bureaucracy bullshit. Like, I just want to see a fucking winning team. Yeah, I, you know? I don't care how you put. I don't care how you do it. Just I don't. I just, don't care. Just win. I don't care how the sausage is made. Just. Yeah. Put a team exactly. Just put a team out there that I can fucking get behind, root for, and be proud of. Right, right. I mean, that's fine. Like, that. Just go do it. That don't don't tell me about it. Just go do it. I don't. I don't. I guess. Like, yeah. Obviously, I I I say that now, and then you know, then ten years from now, I'm like, oh, if they if they are successful, like, oh, how did they do that? I mean, I. Yeah, I, I just hope they have the the winning recipe. But the the recipe right now still includes the Ford family, so I'm I'm sorry, I, I'm gonna oh, be yeah. skeptical because, uh, <clears throat> you know, that's the common denominator like we've talked about before. So, yeah, um, I think it was Justin Rose on Twitter was like, "Love the press conference." Campbell sounds like an awesome coach, awesome guy, but we also still have to remember this is the Lions. Yeah. Yep. And you're just like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, hopefully, and that's hopefully, like, isn't that pathetic that that's now, that's that is your that's how people know of the organization. It's yeah. like, oh, it sounds great, but yeah, it's the Lions, man. It's the Lions. Well, I mean, we've been through this our whole life. I mean, the last twenty five years, right? Twenty years, thirty years. Uh, my whole life. I mean, like Wayne Fonts was kind of like a whatever, and then you had a little blip with Schwartz and Caldwell, but. The rest of it, it's been nothing but disappointing. Yeah, I mean, it's been bad. And we, um, it's, it's, and I think we talked about this before. You know, you, it's so, it's so ridiculous that we've had arguably two of the best players to ever play the game as part of our positions. organization, and we just, we've done nothing with it. I'm glad you brought that up because Sheila did say something in her press conference, I think today, about how they're trying, they want to try and fix things with Calvin Johnson. Oh. So that was okay. I, I I mean I don't know. I mean like that's great, but like toothpaste is out of the tube. Like you guys, <laughs> you screwed it up. It'll never be you know fixed. But that's great. I'm uh, thinking they can mend fences. Then 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 fine. Does that mean he's gonna come back and play? <laughs> no, I hope not. Poor guy. Oh, it's, been it's been through enough, Andy. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, what happened happened, but if they can make things right and, you know, pay him the money back, if that's what he wants, you know, at least figure out like, Hey man, like own up to it, it sack sack up to it. You know, if you want us to have a fucking press conference and apologize live, fine, do that. I mean, you bring this guy needs to be around this organization. It's just like we were talking about with Dosky last week and he's talking about like the draw, like you know, the, what's the draw for the Red Wings now? And it's like, dude, you've got Steve Eiserman in your Steve fucking Eisenman. office. 100%. That, that's why. 
Yep. You know, Bobby and Bobby Ryan said it after one of their games earlier. You know, he got interviewed and they're like, you had other suitors, you had other options. Why Detroit? Steve Eiserman, straight up. Yep. I mean, that's literally his his answer was Steve Eiserman. So, I mean, I'm not saying Calvin Johnson, you're going to bring him in and he's going to be, you know, fucking working for the team or anything like that, but have him around. Yep. You know, yeah, players exactly. are going to fucking listen to what this guy has to, has to say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's the, the lion's way. Just do nothing. They do nothing the, the right way. It's, it's their way. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's so, it's so ridiculous, but maybe they'll get it right. <clears throat> yeah. So it's, um, you know, it's just, Hopefully they can get something figured out, especially with him going into the fucking Hall of Fame, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, How embarrassing is that? God damn it. You know, we don't exactly have a, uh, a a long list of guys waiting in line to get into the Hall of Fame. I mean, right. I think the next person would be Stafford, and that's probably it. Uh, yeah, at this point. I mean, I don't know. I was going to say – Maybe in Dominican Sue, but he kind of faded after uh, his career. His career didn't continue on the same trajectory it was when he was in Detroit. No, no. Um, but I think that that I think that that I'm not I'm not surprised by that because I don't think that I don't think his 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 motivation never came across to me as like I want to win and I want to be the best. He just wanted to get paid. Oh, for sure. So. I'm not, I, I guess I'm not surprised by it, but he, he, he had, I mean, he had, he definitely had that level of talent when he was with Detroit to be like, you know, Oh, he was all pro uh, dude. He was, uh, you he know, was, to be a, a hall of famer, you know, he, he was the best in the league at the time in his position. That's right. You could argue that all day. Um, but remember when he, remember when they put him in as a, as a, uh, kicker and he, he missed a field goal. Oh, it was an extra point, right? It was, it was an extra point. Yeah, you're right. <clears throat> yep. That was because he, he played soccer, right? And then it wasn't until he was like, what, sophomore in high school? Yeah. That he switched to football. Just, yeah, junior in high school, where he like actually started to play football, which is, which is amazing that like he hadn't played football his whole life. And he's right. that, you know, he's just that good, that big and that quick. And he said playing soccer is what made him quick because he was able to get. Because he played goalie, so he he was able to develop his lateral quickness. And the other thing too, he said, a lot of people have said, um, he's got smaller feet. Huh. So it's kind of helped with his agility. Really? Yeah. Surprised that, that uh, uh, you know, just because of how big he is, that his feet would be smaller. You know. Yeah. But surprised you didn't know that. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I must have I must have missed that along the way. <laughs> got, a, got a thin candy shallow. <laughs> <laughs> you know you made. i think you you made some reference to me the other night about black sheep and i had like i literally just watched that movie last weekend oh really it was on it was on vice tv yeah. and I, I i was out in the garage just having a beer or something like that and then my brother called me and i was talking and i'm like we, we ended up talking i ended up talking to him for like an hour and a half and i had watched like i had watched the last 30 minutes of the movie and then it restarted again so I watched like the the last quarter of the movie and then the first three quarters 
And so I, I watched the whole movie, but not in in, in succession. Not, not and then and then you you made a comment uh, like it made some reference to the movie, and I was just like, that's so ironic, because I, I before yeah. prior to last week, I I don't know, I don't know when the last time I would have watched that movie years ago. <clears throat> I can still remember going to the theaters to see that one. I wa- I went to the theater with my with my dad and my brother to go see that movie. Really? Yeah, yeah, like nineteen ninety six, something like that. Yeah, yeah. 96. Yep. I went with a couple of Little League baseball teammates. I think Courtney went with us too. Oh, gosh. Yeah. We were in Florida. Oh, so that was like right before you moved here. Yeah, because like, didn't you move yeah. here in 97? Summer. It was 90... the su- yeah, so the summer before we moved to Michigan. Yeah. Because remember we played on that, that rah rah team when we, like, we, like when we were in seventh grade? Orioles, and, yeah, the Orioles, and uh, we were dominant. D- D- Dave Bloomquist, I think we lost like one game that year. <laughs> Literally, I think we were eighteen and one or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, yeah, it, it was. It was because every game, I'm like, we've I'm, I, at one point, I'm like, we have not lost a game, dude. We <laughs> like we didn't just like win, like we steamrolled everybody. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, this is a wreck league. Like this, this, it's totally like it's for fun. It has not. There's no. It's not little league. It's not federation ball. It's it's rah rah. And like, <laughs> I just remember like because there were a lot of kids that were like uh, older than us. Oh, like yeah. uh, Jason Pickle was on that team. Do you remember that kid? Yes. And like that obviously Bloomquist was on yes. the team. And, like Pickle. we've been like huge. Right. He was like he was like a full like full grown adult when we yeah. were like fourteen years old. And I was like. This kid could kill me because I played. Like, I played football that year at at heart, and he was he was in eighth grade. He was on that team, and I was like, this. I, I had to like take hits against this guy a couple times, and I'm like, this is like uh, like my dad coming after me full steam. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it was. I, I want to say it was scary, but it was like, holy shit, this guy could kill me. Oh, it was. Uh... It was intimidating when you were going up against us, especially when Bloomquist, Bloomquist was on the mound, because that guy. But anyway, fucking hurl. Yeah, he could. It was. It was. Yeah. It was. It was. Anyway, so that was the that was the first that was your first like school year. Yeah. In Michigan, right? Ninety. It would have been ninety six to ninety seven. Yep. So we moved okay. in. We moved down to Michigan. Like, the, it was. I remember it because it was like. Probably just because we stayed up. Oh yeah, did you see that? Yeah, breakaway. That was yeah, that was awesome. Sick. Nice move. <clears throat> oh yeah, to Foley is a nice signing. Um, what should we call it? We moved because we moved to Detroit. The only reason why my dad started working at Mount Clemens like during the school year. So like, okay, he was in Michigan and we were still in Florida okay. finishing school. Um, so we actually moved to Michigan like right after the Western Conference Finals with the Avalanche and the Red Wings, and my dad was like, "Oh, there's there's a big big buzz going around around this this hockey game. Uh, one of the players got his face smashed into the boards." And I was like, "I was like, whoa, what? Who?" And yeah. I started look reading into it on the papers and stuff like that, and I was like. Oh, dude, I hate that guy. <laughs> That's <laughs> you do that, <laughs> you know, right. like in yeah. sixth grade or whatever. Yeah, and you know, that's when Red Wings hockey became 
extreme. It's, it's it, at its like peak. It's like, it, was, it, it was ascending into its peak. It would almost. Oh my gosh! It was almost such a, a, almost apexed. Like we like thinking back as like what all of that going on and, and the age that I that we were. It was like it was like perfect timing. Yeah, you're, you're twelve. You're ten. 11, 12, 13 years old watching this team, you know, basically come into like, the, like, you know, the arguably like the greatest stretch uh, in sport uh, of any team in sports history. And, and, oh. and, and you're, and you're like, you're growing, you're growing up with them. It, living it, it was, it, living it, legends. Federal, yeah. And you know. no, like no joke. It was like yeah. the timing was imp- like incredible. You know, I'm, I'm I'm 13 and 14 years old, and the Wings win back to back Stanley Cups. Right, it's like, and it, and wow. that's that's actually funny you mentioned it because I it made me think of, for me it was the Bulls, for you guys it was the Pistons. Right. We were still kind of a little too young to really get into that. Like I like for like the Bulls, Bulls and Pistons. Well, it, it, just, you know, those two championships for the, the Pistons were in the, you know, the oh. 89 and, you know, they went to three. I was six finals. and seven years old. Yeah, we were so I mean, little. And like, even when that's like Ellie, was, that's like Ellie's age right now. Right. She's exactly. six. Like, exactly. right. Yeah. You, you, you would rem- we, I remember it, but like, not like how I remember the Red Wings. Exactly. Like that was a, that was, that was like in impactful on like my i'm not saying on my life but it was like it was a big part of like all my all my friends you know my my family everybody was into it it was like you know it's also like i was i was playing it wasn't ice hockey it was roller hockey but i i was i was playing hockey so it was just like you know you were you were just into it yeah yeah for sure that's actually that's actually a really good point because um, when I lived in Florida, like me, my little sister, and like some of my neighbors, we loved the Mighty Ducks, and we yeah. would play. We would play fucking roller hockey in the street like all the time. I had a, I had a, oh. uh, I had that that Mighty Ducks jersey. The when they first became an NHL franchise, the one with the du- like the skeleton duck head. On, yeah, on the like the, the goalie. Yeah, like the goalie it, mask with the cross sticks. The cross. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, the the mask. What am I talking about? Yeah, yeah. no. We, I think we talked about that last week with Dasky. That like it'd be great if they brought that back. But yeah, dude, we like Killinger and I. Shit, I I can't even like we. I I told. I think I told you the story. Killinger and I used to play street hockey out in front of the house that I live in right now. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so because because Josh Dyack lived across the across the street here, and we would my mom would come over and drop me off with my hockey net, and like Simon Thomas and Josh Dyack, Kurt Mule, Killinger, Mike Stauffer, we like we play hockey out here for hours. We didn't even live here. Yeah, but it was like <laughs> freshly paved asphalt, and I'm like, this is a good spot, guys. Like, and people and, and, and people would like. Come by and you know we'd have to move the net and let them by and say hey we're sorry and like most people were really really cool about it. Game on. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and like it, I don't know. It's just uh, <clears throat> that whole that whole time. Uh, it was hockey was was for me at least hockey was way bigger than it when it than it is now. For sure. I mean, <clears throat> for us as yeah, when you're kids, you're playing it. But I think too with that Red Wings team, um, it had been so long. They're you know it's an original six team, and right. that whole thing with the Avalanche really fueled too. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. And yeah, then I for, mean, 
And for us too, I mean, my, my first Red Wings game was fight night at the Joe. It was like my initiation. That's like insane. <laughs> Isn't that, that is insane that that was your first Red Wings game. My parents won those or they like, they won the tickets in like a silent auction or whatever. They're like, yeah, we got tickets for the Red Wings. And it was like, <laughs> and it was that game. Yeah. They're like, like eh, it's, <laughs> it's in March or whatever, you know, eh, well, you know, we'll see. <laughs> it's like, Oh my God. Oh, it's like just one of the greatest regular season games in like the history of. Well, certainly the, within the organization, but the Red maybe Wings, in, yeah. the, in the league. It's, it was, it was something I'll tell you, man. Um, that place was so loud. It was unbelievable. But yeah. uh, but I remember that that Avalanche Red Wings series. You know, for me, when I lived in Chicago growing up, you know, a Bulls fan, obviously Jordan was huge. Yeah. But for, for me, it wasn't the Pistons that was like the team that I hated when I was kind of got to that like 92, 93, to that age where I was like eight or nine and I could kind of understand more what was going on. Yeah, it was, it was the Knicks. Yeah, Patrick Ewing, John Starks. Um, I think uh, Charles Oakley was on those teams. Anthony Mason. I just remember, God, I fucking hate these guys because they were kind of a grittier team. And I mean, right. like I liked Patrick Ewing. He was awesome. Like actually, looking back, I kind of feel bad for him because like he was so good and like he never. Yeah. I think yeah, he, he kind of got robbed. Right. He never. He never got the championship. Yeah, and I think he got to the finals once um, when he was with New York. But, um, yeah, and that's what that was kind of like the – and then for the – you know, then it was like the Wings and the Avalanche, and it kind of reminded me of that, you know, people would obviously say the Pistons and the Bulls was much – a lot more hatred. Um, but for me, it was the Knicks. I just was too young to really – you know, I always liked Isaiah Thomas because I thought because he was good. Well, you know? he was all, he was from Chicago, but you wouldn't. I mean, I don't know that really means anything to you, but yeah, I mean, it was uh, like I don't I like I remember Isaiah kid, like Larry Bird, I, Magic, Barkley. But like, I remember when the Palace opened. Like, I have a memory of that. Okay. Like I I, I remember actually I remember talking to my cousin about it. It was like, yeah, this year they're this is the last year that, that like or it was the conversation went, we're they're gonna play at the palace next year. And I was like, What's the palace? And they're like, Oh, it's a new it's a new arena, you know, that they're gonna they're gonna play in. It's gonna be brand new. And I'm like, I was like, Oh my like, wow, that's really cool. I remember thinking like as like a six or seven year old kid, like, wow, a brand new place that they're gonna play in, that's cool. And it was like it was during the it was during us watching we had someone had videotaped the like uh it was like the first game of the of of the nineteen nine uh, nineteen eighty nine ninety season and they were introducing the Pistons as you know world champs from eighty nine oh yeah and and I was watching it with my cousin and then that's when they were like explaining to me like oh yeah they're gonna play at the palace next year yeah because they were at Kobo right. They were Kobo, yeah. yeah. Which is kind of, or no, no, was it no? Was it the Silver Dome? Silver Dome, Silver Dome. It was a yeah. Silver Dome. It was a Silver Dome, and which is like wow. a basketball game at the Silver Dome. Like what? I played a I, when I played a Rochester Redskins. I played a game at the Silver Dome. Didn't we have a? Didn't our sophomore year at Notre Dame Prep wasn't our retreat there? 
Yes. And didn't didn't uh, Sean didn't Sean Smith like hold on to the upright and like it like it like no. <laughs> went out of center? No, it wasn't that Matt Lydic. Maybe. Oh yeah, maybe it was Matt. <laughs> Yeah, they're like they're like get, get off the, you're not you're not out of the field anymore. They're like called everybody yeah. like okay, you can't be on the field anymore. Get off the field. Yeah, it's like god damn it. I, I remember. Um, shit, that's hilarious. Um, I haven't thought about that in a long time. Yeah. Well, and then you got to see the palace open up, and then you got to see like ten years later, was yeah. it the Comerica and Ford Field? Right. Yeah, I mean, like, and now, and now with uh, Little LC- Caesars, everything's turned over, right? LCA, yep. Yeah, yeah, everything. Um, that's funny. I you mentioned Mighty Ducks, and you're like, oh, they got to do this again. They're coming out with a TV series. You didn't know that? Is, is Emilio's going to be in it? Yeah, Disney Plus. I think um, Emilio. <laughs> I think is it uh, what's his name? Joshua Jackson. Oh come on. He's going to be in that too. Mighty Ducks TV show. Oh, this is the animated show. Oh god, that was so it's ridiculous. <laughs> um Mighty Ducks Disney Plus show. Let's see. They have a trailer and stuff for it already. Oh wow. Um Anyway, yeah, they, they have. I think on. I think they have on Disney. They have Disney Plus. We have Disney Plus. I should check and see if they have all three of the uh, Mighty Ducks movies on there because I think they do. Oh, for sure. They when it first launched, they didn't have the the, the rights to it because they still had it like syndicated with like some of the yeah. cable TVs, cable TV yeah. channels. But now they do. Um, it looks like oh, it's the the. She was in uh, Gilmore Girls. Laura, Lori something, maybe? Laura something? Lauren Graham. Lauren Graham, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Emilio's in it. Hmm. Emilio. Yeah. Well, we'll have to check that out once it's, uh, <clears throat> once it's available. Yeah. Setting is still Minnesota. Hmm. What's that? No, nothing. I was, I was thinking about... I, I, I started to watch this. I started to watch Peaky Blinders the other day, just because we were talking about TV. Have you ever watched that show? No, I've heard it's good though. Yeah, I I, I tried to get into it initially. I, I think I need to like give it another shot. But anyway, sorry, <laughs> I just jumped to something totally off topic. No, but- that's that's funny you mentioned <laughs> that. Have, Rachel's watching this show on Netflix called Outlander. Have you heard okay. of it? I no, um, I haven't. Is it good? Dude, I swear to God. So like, she's kind of been watching it without me. Um, and like occasionally, like, you know, I'll just kind of like tune in or sit in. I swear to God, man, like I'll be like, like the first time I sat down and watch it, like the entire episode was just like sex. <laughs> this guy, I'll, this turn girl, on, I'll turn it on right now. And she's like, she's <laughs> like, she's like, you picked a great episode to sit in on. She's like, this is literally like, it, this is like the first time in the entire show that there's been this much sex. And then like, Last night and the night before, like I just like, you know, like walk by and I'd be like, "Are they having sex again?" <laughs> she's, like, she's like, "Yeah, they are." <laughs> All right. Wow. I'll have, to watch right. This. I'll have to watch the scene, I guess. <laughs> I guess I could stay a bit longer to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
What's that from? It's from. It's from. Um, it's from. Uh, God, uh, Monty Python and the Holy yeah. Grail. When it's uh, Sir Callahan is like that. He's in that tower with all those virgins, and they're just like, "You need to give us a good spanking." And he's like, you must give me a spanking. Yes, I need a spanking. And they're like, we all need a spanking. And then after the spanking, the oral sex. And he just goes, he just looks over at his buddy and he's just like, well, I guess I could stay a bit longer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That's hilarious. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it's a show on stars, but they've got five or six seasons on Netflix right now. So, okay. Um, but yeah, but yeah. Um, <clears throat> mighty ducks. Yeah. Have you, uh, you ever been to the twin cities? It's beautiful this time of year. I've never been to Minnesota. <laughs> Have you ever watched the movie Fargo? Oh, you betcha. Yeah. Talk- <laughs> you betcha. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> That's a that, great that, fucking movie. That, well, it just, cause you said twin cities, but yeah, that movie, uh, I watched that movie not that long ago. It was on Netflix. Uh, like the last, you know, they just turned over their programming because like Goodfellas and The yeah. Departed is on there now, and but and like Moneyball was on there and Fargo was on there, and I don't think they're on anymore. But I watched it, you know, and you know how they like it, it's either like by quarter or whatever their license is for those, you know, for the uh, access to play the movie. Yeah, um, it was that last cycle, but yeah, that that, that movie is like Steve Buscemi in that movie is is phenomenal he's phenomenal it's it's the movie's the movie is hilarious to me william h macy is awesome um francis mcdormand do you know um so do you know that she's married to one of the coen brothers oh no i didn't know that yeah that's why she's always in all a bunch of their movies i never knew that oh 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 oh, okay so she's from god she's from where is she from in chicago She's from Illinois. Um, I don't know where she's from. It's like, oh, is it Carbondale? Maybe Carbondale. I I couldn't. I, you're you're. I, I you're gonna strike out with me here because I I don't I, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Gibson City, Illinois, is where she's born. Which is like, wow, man, that's like actually right around where close to where I was born. Um, anyways, <clears throat> it's a uh, yeah. So I didn't know that either, but that, I was like, man, she's in a lot of these Coen Brother movies. Um, but yeah, she's fantastic in that movie. Weed Gustafson, please. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's me, Jerry. Oh. oh. He's like, uh, he calls <laughs> yeah. him up. He calls him up on the phone. And it's this receptionist. Is like, um, uh, yeah, wake up, Susan, please. Oh yeah, he's pretending. Yeah, because he goes with a bunch he's, of money, right? Yeah, he's trying to like, he's trying to like work himself up and like rehearse yeah. how he's gonna tell Jerry. And he calls yeah. up and they're like, uh, uh, yeah, uh, wake up, Susan, please. Oh, that's right, because he killed his wife, right? Well, he hired those dudes to kill yeah. his wife. Sorry, spoiler to kid, alert. No, to kidnap the wife. Yeah, that's and then right. For ransom because he needed the money. And to, and then remember, like the movie starts off where he's doing that, and then he's he's setting this whole thing up to have his wife kidnapped so he can get this money. And then he, <laughs> then he puts that deal together, and his father in law is like, "Oh yeah, that's pretty sweet. You know, I, let's take a look at it." And he's like, "Yeah, we want to do this." And then he tries to call it off. 
and they're like, nope, we already started. It's it's a it's a good yeah, it's a good flick. It, it's I not a long movie. It it's only like an hour and forty minutes, or maybe yeah. maybe not even. <clears throat> yeah, it's. I mean, it's a it's a classic, dude. It's uh. Did you ever? I was going to ask you. Did you ever watch the TV show? No, I haven't. But I've heard, I've heard good that, things. Yeah, I, I've heard it's really good too. Um, it's definitely something that I'd like to check out at some point. Yeah, well, maybe um, I'll maybe I'll try that one next. Was it you that was telling me that Cobra Kai show was good? Uh, I watched a couple episodes of it, and it was. I thought it was pretty good. Okay, um, maybe like. Oh, but my brother, we... my, my brother Matt, he's he's watched he's watched all of it. And he, I, I, I think he, I'm pretty sure he and his wife have watched like all three seasons. Actually, I think my sister has too, and they said it's 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 pretty good. Like it's yeah. It's, that's that's another one. It's I'd worth like, your time. That's another one I'd like to watch. Um, new season of Camp Camp Cretaceous comes out tomorrow. Looking forward to that. They made they made, they made the movie Fargo for seven million dollars. That was the I'm budget. Not, I'm not surprised. It's just fucking shooting at houses, uh, shooting film at houses, and out in the woods, right? Right. Crazy. And I'm sure it probably netted like 250 million at the box office. It, no, it was only 60. Oh, okay. But Which maybe was, maybe it was only released like in like limited cities, right? Limited theaters. It's it's possible. I mean, and this is also 1996, so yeah. Good point. But anyway, yeah. Um, how the hell did we get here? We're talking about Fargo, Mighty Ducks TV show. Mighty Ducks. Okay, yeah. yeah. All right, you're taking me back. There you go. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> well, before we got about mm, nice. Yeah, Stanley's having some uh, ear earaches. Continuing to have some uh, skin issues. He's scratching. Oh, that to, sucks. Poor guy. Trying to help him get past this. Right, buddy? I bought him one. We had one of those cones, you know, that like, you know, an e-collar. And he would like run around and like bump into the kids and bump into Natalie. And every once in a while, I hear like, oh, Stanley, oh. I'm like, shit. <laughs> so, so I bought him. I bought him this, this like pillow. Like yeah, it's, it's inflatable. You just put it around his head, and so he's been having that, and he's he's doing okay. But he's he's still poor guy. He's still got uh, allergies still got or whatever. To go. What's that? Is it like allergies or just? Yeah, yeah, it's allergies, and he has just really bad dermatitis right now. He has some ringworm. Oh, so I, I got to wow. get some. I got to go medicine. pick up some pick up some meds for him tomorrow on that. He's just you know I. Feel sorry for him because he's you know he's not a bad he's not a bad dog or anything like that but he's just got no. so many issues yeah and he likes to bark the only other thing is he's he likes to bark at people which is like that's a good and bad thing because then I know if someone's coming up the driveway or whatever but yeah he take him outside he'll just bark his head off but yeah, it's okay he's a good boy yeah love our pets anyway sorry <laughs> um yeah. Um, I love it when my cats puke right next to the food dish and then oh. immediate, immediately start eating right away again. <laughs> oh, that sounds, sounds nice. Yeah. Nice little treat. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we were, we were talking about, uh, well, I mean, 
football. It's almost over. I mean, there's two, there's three games left. We got the AFC and NFC championship games this weekend, and then the Super Bowl in a couple weeks. Right. I mean, both going to be close games. I mean, right now I'm looking on ESPN right now the the line for the Packers, Bucks, and the Bills, Chiefs. They're both minus three. Um, minus three. So yeah. Chiefs, Chiefs minus three. Green Bay minus three. I mean, if I'm looking at both of those games right now, I think <clears throat> I would take Packers Green Bay. Chiefs, right? I don't know. I've, I'm going with the heart pick, man. I would go with Buffalo. It's well, okay, so let me ask you this. Is is Mahomes still in the protocol? He's still in the protocol, but I've heard he has been progressing. So, yeah. Well, I, just, I mean, like to me, that's, that, that's everything. Mahomes yeah. plays, they win. If they don't, if Mahomes doesn't play, then the Bills, the Bills, the Bills will win. I, you know, I, I, it's hard, it's hard to argue with you. I just, but think this, I, I want what I want to have happen is what you, what you described. I'd love for the Bills to win. Yeah, I think it would be, I think it would be like phenomenal if that, I, if that happened. I think, and, I, some, and I'll be rooting for him. Yeah, I think there's some magic going on with, uh, um. Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs and hopefully yeah. they can hopefully they can pull it out. Green Bay, Tampa Bay. I mean, we'll see what's going on with Tom Brady, but um I don't know. I just don't see Tampa Bay going up to Lambeau and playing well. I just don't. Well, I mean oh, there's Tatar. He plays for the Montreal. He, dude, he's um he's pretty solid, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> he's a good he's a good he's a great hockey player. Yeah. Hey, hey, side side story on that. Uh, so Natalie's family is from, like, her, her dad's side of the family is from Slovakia, and and so they have some family and some friends that they still are in contact with, and one of the guys that uh, her dad, like, they went over to Europe when she was like, you know, I think like in high school, and they ended up going to like the village and like meeting some of their, their family that were like just, you know, bloodline of, of Natalie's father or grandfather. And so they ended up meeting this guy, Sergey, uh, who's like a family friend and they kept in touch with him. And so like, this is like six years ago that their Sergey's son came to the States and stayed at Natalie's, Natalie's parents home with his, I think, I think it was his fiance or, Maybe they were just married at the time. Maybe it was their honeymoon. Anyway, and so I met this guy, and I still talk to him. I I, I message with him on Facebook. He he's a judge in Slovakia. He's our age. No shit. And and he is like like his wife told me when I met he's when I met him when we were talking. She's like like I'm telling you he is obsessed with hockey. Like <laughs> I I catch him in the like up in the middle of the night watching games and. So he would always like when we when we like met each other and, and and we're talking like we talked hockey for like a good three hours. Wow! And he was like big into um, Tatar. And then what was the other guy's name that was with Tatar that was also uh, from Slovakia that we had and then Yurko. we traded him. Tomas Tomas Yurko. Yurko. I mean, yeah. he would like. I mean, and and then and then i'll get like i'll like for a period of time it's been a while since i chatted with him but i'd wake up in the morning and i'd have like a slew of messages from him you know really? he sent me in the middle yeah he sent me in the middle of the night and we would just chat and chat and chat and you know Dude. talk hockey and whatever I, I haven't talked to him i should check in with him but uh 
Wow. Like, really, really cool guy. And like, yeah. man, hockey is like a different thing over in Europe. Oh, for sure. It's like, sure. it's almost as big as so- like, not, it's not soccer, but it's, it's like, it's really, really popular. Yeah. And they'll, fo- and they'll follow players uh, like their countrymen. So like, I know, um, uh, Elvis Mears Leakens for Columbus. He's lot, he's Latvian and he, okay. he played in their professional league up until last year is when he first started in the NHL. And like now when he gets a start, like when he starts in net, like it is like, they will, they will, yeah they will t- tune in at three or four in the morning to watch him play. That's what this guy was doing. Yeah. I feel bad. I can't even remember his name right now. Hold on. I'll find yeah. it. But he would do the same thing. He'd be like, like, oh, I'll log in at 3 a.m. And so I can watch Tatar play. Yeah. I'm oh like, yeah. They will. Oh my God. <laughs> it's, it's the NHL. It's the premier, it's the premier league in the world. It's the, the best players. Um, so yeah, they want to tune in. Oh, Montreal is opening up a can right now. Jeez. Yeah. Five. Um, yeah. <clears throat> But yeah, uh, football games are over this weekend. And actually, speaking of lines and who you take and bet against or bet for, Barstool is actually in Detroit this weekend to launch their online gaming platform. Yeah. And so, like a lot of the big personalities, like Dave Portnoy, El Prez, and oh Jesus, they dude Montreal just scored again. What six to two. Ouch. Ow. Oh, I'm, I'm, gotta, I'm like a little bit behind you here. I'll see it here in just oh, a second. Sorry. Yeah, it's going to be it, – no. that sucks. It's not not totally the goalie's fault. Um, anyways, the Big Cat's been tweeting out um, stuff about Detroit. He tweeted out about Dan Campbell's press conference today, and he was like, I fucking love this guy already. Um, he's like, Detroit's back. <laughs> oh it's, awesome. it's awesome. It's like Detroit is back. Um, but – yeah, so they've Barstool and um, Dave Portnoy. They've had this fund going for, you know, they've been doing it for businesses in the Northeast, where which is where they're located. But they're launching their new online gaming platform in Detroit this weekend. So they've come out and they've been doing doing a lot of these that Barstool using that Barstool fund to help out businesses in Michigan now and in Detroit. And like some guy from Fenton who has a bowling alley was on, um, yeah. had a phone call with Portnoy and was you know just shoot you know telling them that they picked him for for fun so if you go on go on their twitter account or probably their instagram they've got they've got these videos and these stories these phone calls it's pretty cool pretty cool i've watched almost every single one of them just oh really like maybe not all of of every clip but i've i've watched uh i'll say i i I don't know probably close to like 80 percent of them and they're 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 i mean they're good stories, right? I mean, he's telling them, you know, we picked you, you know, you're the, Oh yeah. We, we loved your story. We loved your video. We want to get behind you. I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's, it really is. I mean, like for everything that's happened with all this crap this year, I mean, this is, it's uh, he's using his platform to do something, you know, something good. good and give back. And it's, it's awesome. There's no yeah. other way to say it. It's great. Oh, it's, it's extremely commendable. It is. I, I mean, like, no, like, no, I mean, great, that's a great drop, by the way. That was awesome. But it's, uh, it, but it is, it really, I mean, is it, good to see. I mean, it, I mean, in all seriousness, it's, uh, it's really cool, dude. They've raised like, he's raised like $28 million. It's insane. Like it, right. when it first started out, the goal was like 500,000 bucks. Well, he, and, he put in a half a million to start. And then Marcus Limonis, 
who challenged him to do it gave him a half a million. Right. And then it's just like, it's kind of been like, I don't know, other than Aaron Rodgers, I don't, I'm not totally in on like who are the other big donors are, or if there are any, but like, I mean, honestly, I think you just see like, you know, people who are just like, yeah, you know what? Like, I don't really need this money. Here's 250 K. Yeah. Thanks for doing this. Like, you know, people who are, you know, either set up financially or whatever, or, or just looking to do some good or looking for a tax write off. Maybe. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> you know, here's, here's 250 K to give to these people. Thanks for putting this together. It's pretty cool. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, like you said, it's very commendable. So, and like, like, you know, what you let off with, they got their, their, uh, online betting starts this weekend they're doing that other another one of those if you whatever you put in you know if you whatever you put in your account and bet this weekend Penn National is going to match it as a donation to the fund yep so that's yeah. that's awesome um so yeah they're going to raise a ton of money this weekend it's going to be great. yeah yeah it's going to be great it's going to be great and and like you know it's you know like we were talking about before the show you know the online betting it's, it's it gives it gives you and i the opportunity to have a little thrill on a, on a game you know on a at any point watching a game right um you don't have to you don't have to go anywhere you can just do it from your phone well maybe not you because you're in ohio but you know what you get what i'm saying the yeah, a but sports I mean, like fan we're sitting around in the you know i mean right now hey <clears throat> hey montreal and vancouver's coming up you know let's see what's out there to bet Right, or you, exactly. Or, or you do a parlay where it's like, all right, I need Columbus, Vancouver, and you know Ottawa to win tonight, and I'm placing a five dollar bet, and I'm going to win five hundred bucks. Sure, shit like that. <coughs> yeah, makes, exactly. Definitely makes it Get, a little bit more juicy. No, no, no question. No doubt. No, no doubt. question. Cool, man. Well. Appreciate uh, the insights and the conversation and the the stories. I don't I don't really have anything else. Do you? No, I'm good, man. This uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll check in next week and see what happens this weekend. With well, before we go, are, are we are you, so to solidify the last topic? Your picks are with the with like straight up or with the with the money for for Sunday. You're going would- with. I would pick Green Bay and then I would pick I would pick Buffalo. I'm gonna yeah, I'm just gonna take take Buffalo. With the, is this with the points you're saying? Or straight up? I'm just gonna take them just straight up, yep, to win. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean I, I, I'm gonna take the Chiefs and Packers, but I, I want I want Buffalo. Yeah, it's hard you to know, hear that. Buffalo and I don't even care who the other I mean, if it's Tampa Bay or Packers, I don't care. But I want, I'd, I'd love it if Buffalo made it to the Super Bowl. Be awesome. So, yeah, for sure, it'd be great. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, so yeah, we'll have to we'll have to check in on that next week. We'll know who's what the Super Bowl is going to be. And yep, Jackets, Jackets, wing, uh, Jackets, Lightning to Saturday afternoon, and Blackhawks and Wings, Hawks Wings Sunday afternoon. Sunday, twelve thirty. Both yeah. are national games. So central, the Discover Central Division is getting a lot of uh, a lot of play so far. So I get to see the wings a lot, which is fun, and you know this Blue Jackets thing is uh, interesting. So we'll check back in on that. Yeah, for sure. I have to find out what happens with uh, Dubois and uh, and Tortorella. Yeah, I mean you got pe- yeah, 
Yeah, it's definitely going to be uh, something to watch. And, you know, I don't know if anything's really going to happen the next week, but it's a developing storyline for sure. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, all right. Thank you, sir. Always a pleasure. Likewise. You, yep. If you, thanks for listening. And if you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. We will see you next time. Peace.